All right, welcome back. It is Drunk Off PNR. I am Eddie, and as always, I'm with my pal Aiden. Aiden, how are you? Emotionally dead inside and probably never recovering. All right, good, good. So same as you were a couple days ago. Not bad. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, we're all, we're all here together now. We're all here. We're all home. You're In just hell. like me now. You're just like me. How's it feel? Oh, you're saying that as if it's a good thing, and that it's makes a good me thing feel for worse. me. It's really good <laughs> for me. It's just like the expectations that you guys gave your, yourself was just so high, and just failed miserably to the Atlanta Hawks. You made an Atlanta team look competent. That that's pretty hard to do. That <laughs> of all of all the storylines. Not being able to create an Atlanta collapse, which is pretty much all Atlanta sports does, yep, is is truly remarkable to be that that mentally soft. That you like you were more mentally soft and mentally weak than an Atlanta sports team. That is that is hard to do. That is truly hard to do. I would say it's almost impossible to do. Yeah, given recent history, probably yes. I mean, that's crazy. That's really crazy. You hate to see it. You truly hate to see it. I do hate to see it. I'll 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 be serious for like thirty seconds on All right. it. So I do hate to see this. Will be the most crushing defeat I've ever felt for a few reasons. You know, like when you lose to Toronto in seven games and Kawhi hits that buzzer beater, it sucks. Obviously, like no one wants to see their team <laughs> a ball bounce on the rim four times. But right. Kawhi is Kawhi, and he was the best player on the floor. And if that game goes to overtime. They still have Kawhi. Like that mm-hmm. was still a really good team that went on to win the championship. And just like looking at other sports, like when the Phillies lost to the Cardinals, they played a Cy Young winner in game five. And we had one on the mound too, but it's not like uh, we were playing some, some, uh, like some bums. Like that was a great Cardinals team that won the World Series, just mm-hmm. like Toronto won. The 0 2 NFC Championship. Guess what happened? Tampa Bay Buccaneers went. And they won the Super Bowl. Like all these crushing defeats, you look at it and you're like, you just ran into the team that maybe was a little bit better than you, and maybe not that Phillies team because um, they they had a win one over a hundred games that season. But this mm-hmm. one, you just flat out lost to an inferior opponent that had no business in the series with you, and came up well short of your expectation when everything was put in front of you, and you will never have an easier path really in any sport in the city to a title. Like they squandered the greatest championship opportunity that they will ever see. Yeah. I mean, we said when the playoffs started, the Sixers and the Lakers had the easiest path to the finals. And once the Lakers went down, I feel like the Sixers probably became almost the favorites in the entire like sport. Like you have to beat one of Bucks nets and then whoever comes out the West, which I think most people probably leaned a little bit towards the Clippers um, and now I would say probably the Suns are where everyone's favorite like money would go. But at at that time when the Lakers got eliminated, I feel like the Sixers probably had like odds on favorite to win the title. Well, not just that. Yeah. So LeBron gets knocked out. All right. So he's out. And then like you mentioned, so Kawhi's out and, and you know, it's an ACL injury. It's not like he, he sprained his thumb. Like this, right. this could be a while until he's back. So you probably wouldn't even see him in the in the finals if if the Clippers make it. Right. But the biggest thing, the path in the East somehow got easier when Kyrie got hurt and James Harden 
who was clearly limited with that hamstring injury to the point yep. it was almost like sad watching his lift on jump shots and the bucks i'm not i don't know if i'm still a believer in the bucks but they got they handled business but it was at the same time it was like if if the nets had another option that wasn't kd i think they win that series going away so the sixers path got even easier after the playoffs started after they had already put in the hard work to become the one seed and it was well deserved they played very well in this regular season they beat the opponents that they had they were supposed to beat unlike in years past when they played down to their competition and mm -hmm. they blew teams out this year the teams that they were supposed to blow out. So they did all this work. They were on the right path that they created for themselves. They were helped out along the way. Every meteor that came towards their planet evaporated before it got there. And they still lost to a team who really, let's face it, isn't that good. Like as an, as an innocent bystander who doesn't root for either. I know you root for chaos, but do you <laughs> see the Hawks like being, do you think that they are a talented team of the four teams left? You you can say, yes, I can see them hoisting the NBA championship trophy, the Larry O'Brien trophy when everything is done. No, I think out of the four teams, they're the clear-cut worst of the four. Now, that doesn't mean they can't win it. I mean, I, I no one thought they would beat the Clippers, and I think most people picked the Knicks to beat them. So it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world, but it'd be shocking for sure. I, I, I think, don't think I, they're – they're by far the worst, worst, worst team left. Not, and it's not close. You had a game seven at home. That was the whole point. You, you knew That's why you firsthand win. how tough it was to win game sevens on the road based on that Toronto series just two years ago. Mm -hmm. You did everything right, and you blew it. It was, it was, it's the biggest blown opportunity in Philadelphia sports history. And I don't even think it comes close, which is really saying something considering there's been five NFC championships in the past two decades in my lifetime that did not result in a Super Bowl victory. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the Hawks are better than we all originally gave them credit for. But they had no business even making this a seven-game series. This was no. this was the Sixers. Just I don't know if it's just your mental midgets or you're there. I mean, I said last week maybe the Sixers are just Joel Embiid, and he just wasn't good enough to get past the Hawks. And it's not his fault. He put everything out there. He was playing on tournament boniscus, and he was playing really well for most of the series and most of the games. But maybe he tricked us. Maybe he made us think that the team was better than it actually was, like I said last week. I think there's a little bit of truth to that, and I think we're going to get into Ben Simmons a little bit later, so I'll save that spiel. But mm. it's a top-heavy sport, and they're not heavy enough at the top. It's right. Joel, and he obviously plays at a position. As we, We're going to be talking about the NBA draft lottery because as we're recording, they have the highlights playing. Look at all these guys. Look at all these guys that are going to be drafted early, all shot creators for themselves and for their teammates. When you're trying to do entry passes with 12 seconds left in the shot clock and all five guys on the court know where the ball is going with four minutes left in the game, I've seen the same Sixers loss for four years. At all five guys on defense know who's getting the ball. They double late in the shot clock and bead turns it over. They don't respect the other four people on the court to make a shot. And that's how they lose these close games. And the, the, uh, it reared its ugly head once again in this playoff series, with the Hawks eight turnovers and 10 field goals made for Joel Embiid in game seven. It's not all on him, but that's unacceptable. Yeah. And like, if, if you're, if you're just looking at the box score, you say, 
that's that's terrible. How could he turn the ball over eight times? But if you watch the game, it's like you're, you're constantly putting him in positions where it's like turnover or four shot late in the shot clock because what is the other option? Who is the other option? And that is, that's been the question and it'll be the question this offseason to the point where it's like, if you do not answer this question, there is no point in, in having this team, like not blowing up this team. Like you, this is, I I think people think this is going to be some huge overhaul. No, last off season was a huge overhaul because that Mm -hmm. roster made absolutely no sense. Last off season was a success. Like getting Seth Curry for Josh Richardson. Fantastic move. Yep. They, they moved on from Al Horford. Congratulations, by the way, (laughs) (laughs) and got Danny green for it. They drafted Tyrese Maxey. Like that is an overhaul. Tyrese is a good player. I love him. I love mm-hmm. him. I hope he doesn't get attached to some trade um, just as a panic move. Um, we'll have to talk about that later. We'll definitely have to talk about that <laughs> later. Um, but yeah, so I, I think last season was an overhaul. I think this season, off season, it's like you got to answer one question for yourself: like who's who's the one B? Who is one B? And every good team has it, and the Sixers don't. They have two one C's in Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons. That's my have, main takeaway. There are no one C's. They have two threes pretending yeah. to be one B's. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a better way to phrase it than one C. They're, they're threes. They're third yeah. options. And on offense, Ben is the seventh option. Yes. I, it, we're gonna, we'll talk about Ben, but I mean, <laughs> at, at best, he's the seventh option. At this you point, don't want yeah. him touching the ball on offense when it matters apparently yeah but but, which is just so ridiculous i know we're gonna do a whole thing on him so i'll say i'll say one more thing on the team this was this is what makes it hurt the most personally is this is the most fun i've ever had watching a sixers team in my lifetime they won a lot and it was during a year where we couldn't go anywhere or do anything including the games themselves we couldn't even Mm -hmm. go to the games but you can't go out with your friends. You can't go to a restaurant. You can't go to a bar. You can't go here. You can't go there. You can't even go to the gym for most of the year. So, but at least you had that escape from reality that was a really good Sixers team to come home and watch pretty much every other night the way the schedule was laid out this mm-hmm. year. So it gave you a way to connect with your friends and family when there was one and you're watching a really good team win a lot of games with guys that were easy to root for. You thought they had something special and to see it in like this, like that, that's what makes it sting the most. Yeah. I mean, I heard something right before the playoff start. Someone said that, uh, and I wish I could remember who it was, but they said Giannis for every 82 NBA regular season games or 72 for this year, Giannis gives 100%. And that's why the last couple of years they've been, you know, so high in the standings, but in the playoffs, he doesn't have that next gear. Mm-hmm. So they get the one seed, but he doesn't have anywhere else to go. He's at his peak, and that's why he's got back-to-back MVPs, but they get booted in the in the second round. I think the Sixers are just that. They Everyone else was going 80%. The Sixers were going 100 and when it was time for the Hawks to take it from 70 to 80 to 100, the Sixers were like, we're, we're, we've hit our max. There is no higher we can go. Joel is on a tournament, and just giving you 40, and it does not matter, apparently. Like we hit our backs. There's no no other level. And think about that point. Think about that point. They the Bucks hit a ceiling. They had a clear ceiling for years. Mm-hmm. For years. And they knew it. And they knew Giannis, as talented as he was, back-to-back MVP, wasn't good enough to take them to the NBA finals. So instead of blowing it up, they said, we need to add another piece to make this team a legitimate roster. 
instead of being like, oh, let's 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 change some of the secondary guys. They were like, we need a legitimate star to bring in here. And they traded three first round picks for Drew Holiday and gave themselves a legitimate big three. Mm-hmm. That is that is where the Sixers are this offseason. And I think they've been like a step behind the Bucks for most most years. Like I think Giannis has played one more year than Embiid has in the league. So like they're constantly following that path. You can probably look it up for me. It's a little bit staggered because of Embiid's injuries, but right. I think I think Giannis was the 2016 draft. Then maybe uh well actually then they started playing at the same time because Embiid was hurt for, for two years. Oh, no, uh, I, was I thought way he was... Yeah, no, I'm way out. He was twenty thirteen. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he yeah, he's one year older than Embiid. Yeah, he's turning twenty seven in December. Okay, well they're the same age, but I guess he got drafted a year earlier than Joel did. Yeah, but right. either way, like you know my point. He's been yep. like they've been chasing the Bucks path, and they're at that point now where they have to answer the question for themselves. Who is going to be that guy that cements this and finishes this roster off? The Bucks have drafted well with guys like Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, they hit in free agency on guys like Bryn Forbes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They brought in Brooke Lopez, who has become like a three-point shooter somehow. Um, <laughs> you know what happened? Uh, they got their they got their one of their secondary guys in Chris Middleton. So it was like, all right, we're good. How do we become great? And that's what Daryl Morey has to answer this year. This yeah, the Bucks season. added. Drew and they got PJ Tucker dirt like during the season and the Sixers got Steph Curry, which elevated you to that next level. Mm-hmm. You got the one seed. Everyone thought you were one of the three best teams in the East, probably for the first time in a couple of years. And you just, it just wasn't enough. Yeah. And it's for, for so many reasons. I just think that I, I think a lot of people are going to go back to that, 26 point blown lead in game five and rightfully so because that's just an abomination yeah it's almost statistically impossible to do <laughs> it's crazy but I, I take it even a, one step further back let's go back to game four actually let's go back to game three if they did that inside the huddle thing and nate mcmillan is trying to get his guys like guys keep your heads up like keep your heads up and you're seeing trey young slam his, his fist down and the Sixers go up to one and they're in command of that series. They come out in game four, they're up by 18. And you think like, if this is a UFC fight, like this is a fighter who's ready to tap out. Mm -hmm. And then they landed a a KO punch on the Sixers. Like you gave them life when they had no business having it. And a championship team just finishes that in game four. Like that, that, you talk about the game five collapse. Trust me, if you win game four, Oh yeah, it's over. There's no, there's no game five collapse. If if that Hawks team is down three one, they're not coming back from down twenty six. They're just gonna fold up shop and head into the off season. But that that lack of a killer instinct that the Sixers have really did them in. And that game four is where you see not quite that championship level yet. I mean, we, we talked about it last week. I, I can't remember if it was you or me, but they saw that eighteen point lead evaporate and they won. And then they did the same thing in game five, that team going into game six. I know they lost it, but that was the most confident team ever. They knew at no point in that, in a stat game or a game seven, were they out of it? There was no Mm -hmm. lead that was too big for that team. And you saw it. And like you mentioned, you saw it on all their body language on different huddles and different games. The Sixers looked tired and the Hawks, they were just, they were standing up. They were getting each other pumped up. Didn't matter if they were up, down, what the situation was. They were ready. And the Sixers, 
maybe one or two guys were ready, but the team wasn't. The Hawks were. And that's what that's was the difference maker. And that's a really good point. And the one thing, last thing I'll say on it, Danny Green has been a lot the butt of a lot of buddy of <laughs> a lot of people's jokes this year. Yeah, they really missed him for two reasons. One, you saw the the veteran Hawk players really kind of pick that team up because go look at Trey Young's stats in the in the few elimination games. Like it wasn't pretty. They got a five for 23 performance. He shot 21% in game seven. You give me that every day. I'll take mm-hmm. that every single day. Right. And guys like Danilo Gallinari stepped up for them. It felt like he shot 106%. <laughs> Lou Williams sparked that comeback in game five with 13 or 15 in the fourth quarter. Like their, their veteran guys really picked them up. And the Sixers didn't really have that guy. You know, they didn't have that role player who's like, all right. I need to at least give this team 10 to 15 and play really solid minutes to help out the stars in what's going to be a possession by possession battle. Mm -hmm. And you saw what else the Hawks did. We talked about this a show ago where I was like, how did you guys not catch on to this? What did they do all of game seven? They went to, they found out. Yep. They went to to Gallo. Yep. (laughs) And Herder. And they, they were like, all right, we're just going to isolate whoever Seth Curry is guarding. And that was the plan. And, and that was their offense. And it worked. And if Danny Green is out there at 6-6, that doesn't happen. But that was their plan, and it was smart. And I can't believe it took them that long to figure it out. On the flip side, though, if you put Danny in for Seth, you don't get Seth's almost 40-point game in game six. So, so it's, like, it's a give and a take there. Yes. Um, so here's what I think, though. I think... I, you would still play Seth Curry a lot of minutes. I still oh, think you yeah. play him a lot of minutes. I think in, in that lineup where they they had Lou Williams out there with Trey Young, and then they had Gallinari, Herder, everybody like that. Right. So I still think you, you could have hid Seth Curry somewhere else, and you could have done a lot more offensive defense stuff. Um, and, and Danny Green's a better offensive player than Thibel, so yep. maybe he, he shifts in for him. Better defender um, than but, Curry. Yeah, it just gives you one more guy to toss out there and try. Right. No, I mean, listen, hey, we, I, I'm, I'm a little bit, I know you hate to see it in here. I'm a little bit excited that the Hawks won, not because the Sixers aren't it, just because of who's in it now. I know the Sixers aren't like this super successful franchise, but when I think of like big, not big, but bigger markets, the Sixers are, I'm putting them in there. Milwaukee, mm-hmm. Atlanta. I mean, the Clippers are, they're barely an LA team in Phoenix. <laughs> I mean, the Clippers Phoenix game was amazing. And we can talk about it right, real, right now, real quick. The, uh, the Bucks Nets game seven was one of the more entertaining games I've seen in a long time. Fantastic. It was a it fantastic was amazing. Game. What the, a great game seven. I our, thoroughly enjoyed that. <laughs> our group text when Kevin Durant made that impossible shot, I was losing my mind. I, I that was one of the harder shots I've ever seen. That might have been mm-hmm. harder than the Kawhi shot, easily. I'd say so. yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think yeah, so. PJ Tucker draped on him. He's played forty eight minutes, fade away, basically a three, cash. And he had given you so much before that. Like it's just like, and everybody knew where the ball was going because, like we talked about earlier, with the easy path for the Sixers, Harden, Kyrie out, like. You look at, I was looking out there with that Nets team and I was like, this is not even a, 
how does this team make it out of the first round as it's constructed? Like half of Harden, Blake Griffin, Bruce Brown, Joe Harris giving you nothing, and Kevin Durant having to take 40 shots. Like that, that was rough. And he was carrying them. So mm-hmm. anybody slandering KD after that, ridiculous. No, I saw a perk. Kendra Perkins, I know you're a big fan. He tweeted he tweeted something about, I don't want to see anyone slandering Kevin Durant. And I retweeted it. I was just like, who's out here slandering Kevin Durant? I, I mean, he, like might, he might be like, actually, like, Kevin Durant, I think, might be one of the best basketball players I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, without Maybe question. the best scorer in our lifetime. I, I think th- that's easy to say. I Yeah. I, a lot if of people you, are going to put like, LeBron and Kobe in there. I think Kevin Durant gets the nod, though. But you, you you can make the the case that Kobe and LeBron are definitely better overall players. Talking about scoring, like you say, you're playing a one on one game and need a bucket. I think it's KD. I think if you differentiate scorer from shooter, S- S- Steph Curry will be the best shooter, not just in our lifetime, right. but of all time. Never. But Kevin right. Durant, I think best scorer we've ever seen. I don't think that's a far fetched take. I mean, he's the he's one of the only guys in the NBA that's just like. No one can stop him, so it's just like who's better at just like annoying him a little bit. Like who can get, <laughs> yeah. who can just bother him so he scores twenty instead of thirty five. His, his mom and PJ Tucker going back and forth, but it <laughs> was, was like awesome. pure trash talk and not not like anything hateful was mm-hmm. fantastic. I, yeah. I, I that game seven featured everything, but I think that was my favorite little cherry on top of it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and I'm mean, Kevin Durant's my favorite player. Like currently playing, so I, I was a little disappointed watching the uh, Bucks win, but it was well deserved. Giannis played his ass off. Yeah, he did, and um, I believe Drew Holiday played a lot of that fourth quarter in overtime with five fouls. If yeah, I he remember did correctly. So yep. I think he got his fifth with like four left in the fourth or something like that. Yeah, and it was a bad foul call. Too. It was a bad. Like, one, it was yeah. like, how do you call this fifth foul in a game seven? Like, right. If this was regular it. season, you know, game thirty, whatever. But the situation, you know. Yeah. But yeah, and and, and, and play... was the one who played defense on him in OT mm-hmm. once uh, PJ Tucker got ejected. Yeah. I, so playing Kevin Durant can't be easy, and Drew Holiday's got <laughs> missing like eight inches on him. So he's he is such a smart defender mm-hmm. that. Uh, Part of guarding guys who are bigger than you, actually most of guarding guys that are bigger than you, is being a smart defender and not panicking and playing right. straight up. He does it so well. He's a good defender. He's really and, good. Like that was the P and again, I still don't really believe in the Bucks. I think they're way better than the Hawks. But that mm-hmm. piece definitely puts them in a in a series where I think they'll win and who knows what happens out west. And like you mentioned, you love who's left and I love it who's left because of the I would like to see my team there because sure. the same will apply, but there's parody. Mm-hmm. Like even if my team won and it's Bucks, Sixers, Suns, Clippers, there's still a ton of parody. And I don't know who wins the NBA finals. And that's what's great about this year. The parody. Yeah. I mean like the we were all shocked when the Raptors when they won just because it had been the warriors or LeBron for the past decade. Mm-hmm. So it's just yeah. like, and then, you know, last year again, last year doesn't count. And I think I'm standing to stand on this six are out. I'm still going to say it this year doesn't count. We'll talk, talk to me next year. We'll see, but <laughs> I don't know. It's just, this has been a really fun playoffs and I think we're going to get a really good NBA finals. And for all of those ratings, nerds drop your address. I'll come fight you. <laughs> if you're if you're if you don't work for the nba and you're worried about the nba ranking or uh, ratings you're a loser and i will give you a swirly 
I would like, I hope the ratings are good because it proves that good basketball trumps just trying to throw stars together and hope it works. Sure. I hope, like, I hope the rating is good because I love the NBA. I, but like if they're not, or if they're down because LeBron or Katie or Steph aren't in it, I genuinely don't care. But you know what I mean? Like, it seems like in, you're right. I I'm, I'm in total agreement. It's felt like there's almost like a wage gap being created <laughs> in the NBA, just like yeah. in real life where it's like, mm-hmm. if you're a smaller market team, the chances of you making it are, are starting to dwindle because free agents won't come. And the major market teams are just going to dominate. And that's that it doesn't uh, Milwaukee. Like you said, the second best team in LA Phoenix, Atlanta, like not the biggest markets. It right. could it, be anybody. Atlanta and those teams have those all cities. drafted very well. Yes. That's a great point too. Atlanta is one of those teams though, where it's like you're in one of like the bigger U S city, excuse me, U S cities, but like it, it just doesn't feel like you're not a Chicago. A you're not in New town. York. Yeah, exactly. And it probably has a lot to do because I'm sure Atlanta fans are great fans, but like your sports teams have been awful <laughs> since, I mean, forever. And they constantly yeah. blow massive leads. And you finally have a team that might actually make uh, some noise. I mean, they're making noise. They just eliminated the number one seed in the East. That's yeah. noise. That's, That's a noise. major upset. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm happy with what we got. What we have. I I would have. I mean, I would have loved a, uh, a a Celtics Sixers conference finals. That would have been amazing to send you losers packing. But I guess we're both not good enough. I'm lucky. We still have hope though. Uh, next year is always, always next year. There, there there are things to need to be done, but like uh, there's a solid to do list, and you know where the things are in the grocery store. The Celtics <laughs> and Sixers both. All right. All they got to do flash their Costco card, walk in, and they got to know what aisle. And mm-hmm. they'll be fine. Right. Just go to the right aisle, pick out the item you need, and you'll be fine. You know, you know what aisle Portland guards are in. Go straight to it and figure we'll, it out. <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit later, I think. You know, Rick Carlisle is in the frozen food section. Go get it. <laughs> oh, that's another thing that we completely missed because of the uh, Sixers blew up last <laughs> week. The Mavericks are just cleaning house. If if you like looked at Luca the wrong way, you're out of there. <laughs> Except for Don Nelson, they already Don Nelson and Luca looked at him like a dad. The time frame on people like giving up is is literally just minimal. It's just like we have such little attention spans now. Like Zion's unhappy in New Orleans. Like, but you've been there a year and a half. Like, <laughs> you do realize you got picked number one overall for a reason. Usually, when people pick number one overall, it's because your team's terrible. <laughs> right, it's not a quick fix. And I, the Pelicans, the Pelicans might be a coach and a player or two away from like being a like a five seed. I didn't think that the coach, like Van Gundy being their coach, like the way JJ Redick was talking, like I could tell it was going to be a bad idea. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, like they were trending in the right direction. And now after after a year and a half where you were hurt for most of your rookie season, you're out. What? <laughs> I don't know. I, I also I don't trust David Griffin to make the right decisions at all. When um, everyone was sucking him off when he got hired and made and like drafted Zion, like yeah, you made the most obvious draft pick since LeBron James. Sick, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guy like, drafted both LeBron and Zion. <laughs> Pretty easy to do when that's your resume. Like, right. Yeah. Oh, we, we've known both these guys to be both these guys would be the number one overall pick since they're fifteen. Wow, you didn't <laughs> fuck that up. Crazy. Which Good honestly, job. we should probably give him some credit for because Anthony Bennett, who I'm pretty sure he also drafted, went number one. And then also he got a third chance at redemption, I'm pretty sure, and got Kyrie. 
And so. Tristan Thompson, who was a stud for <laughs> almost a decade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, David Griffin is falling into top five picks and he's still <laughs> bad at his job. So and they will have the tenth overall pick this year. So we'll see how it goes. But they are uh so they're doing it. They're doing it right now. Um, we'll talk about the order. So I think something just happened that is odd. I'm pretty sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. The Raptors will have a top four pick. That's really? odd, right? Yeah. I feel like that's not right. I don't know who got kicked out. Uh, I don't the Cavaliers think right. will have a top four pick. I, who are the worst teams in the league? Wait, wait, the Raptors and the Cavs will have a top four pick. Yes. That's bad for a couple teams. So, oh. all right. So the Rockets will lose their first, their first round pick. If it falls out of the top five, the Timberwolves lose their first round pick. If it falls out of the top three and the Bulls okay. lose their top five pick, if it, or their top four pick, if it falls out of the four. So if it's five to Fifth, 14 or whatever the magic will get the bulls pick um, then they just lost it the bulls are what are the bulls picking then because i'm i'm looking at the screen and the magic are on there twice and the magic are on there at fifth so i'm assuming the magic, that the magic stole one of those picks let me pull so the bulls pull don't have a top 10 pick that's crazy you trade vucevic and you just lose out on your <laughs> the fifth pick overall that's that's rough i think you're gonna have to blow it up and trade zach levine to the sixers for Joel Embiid, I agree. But no, that doesn't get like <laughs> Zach Levine just... and Vucevic to the Sixers. For Chicago Joel. used to be such a well-run team, and they just haven't done anything smart in how long? You know, yeah. Like no, they bad. they drafted D Rose, Luel Deng, Joakim Noah, Taj Jimmy Gibson. Butler. Like they drafted all of those guys. Yeah, Jimmy they put together a great team. Didn't they? Second round, I think so. James okay. Johnson was in the league for a while. They drafted him, and he's been a, a, a role player in the league for a decade. All right. So the Pistons are 20 and 52. Where are. All right. So it goes Rockets, Pistons. Cavs. The Cavs just got picked? No, no, no. They're one of the top four. Oh, I got pulled up right here. So we got Rockets are the worst record in the league. Pistons, Magic, and then the Cavs and the Thunder were tied. So okay. I'm guessing it's just whatever their head-to-head was. Well, I just saw the Thunder in their six. So maybe they lost the tie. I know there were some tiebreakers involved, so they may have lost the tiebreaker, the Thunder or six. But well, also the Rockets pick, though. Ooh. If the Rockets fall out of the top five, the Thunder get it. <laughs> so that might be the Rockets so, pick. Oh, no. Oh, That's no. worst case scenario for oh, Houston. No, <laughs> I would not feel bad at all. Let me okay. Let me <laughs> hold on. This I was not prepared for this at all. I was, the, the, the math never makes sense to me. Is there anything more confusing than the NBA lottery? No, this is coming from lottery. someone who we're in the lottery every year. That's all we live for, and I still don't completely understand it. Get rid of the lottery. Get rid of it completely. Get rid of the draft well, while we're at it. Well, because it's not like a real lottery. Like it's not like statistically like, oh, uh, you are the one, and then it could. It's just like oh, the top four teams or the top three teams. If your pick doesn't fall in the top three, you just get the slot that you were, which is if you have the twelfth record, worst record than your twelve. Like it's it doesn't make sense, but yeah, because the first three get fourteen percent, and then it goes down, and then the Warriors who are at fourteen had like a half a percentage to get in the top three or something like that. Okay. So if the Warriors were just on my screen at 14 and then I saw them again, 
Does that mean that the Timberwolves do not have a pick? That does mean that. <laughs> well, wait, what, what, what's the second pick? It should be top four. It was not. Oh, it was like six or seven. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That then. Yeah, yeah. If it that makes sense then, because if it was top four, it was Timberwolves. If it's not, it goes to the Warriors because of the D'Angelo Russell trade. Then they then the Timberwolves just lost their pick. Oh my god! And you said you saw the Magic twice. I saw the Magic twice as well. So, so I think the Bulls lost their pick too. The Bulls lost their pick too. And you saw the Thunder only once. I saw the Thunder once. They were six. So I that the Thunder were right around there. So let me see if I can find it. The the Raptors definitely stole somebody in the top four, without a doubt. That might have been the um. I might have been either of them then, Timberwolves or. So I, I think that I think the remaining four, they're going to come back from time timeout their commercial break here in a second. So by the time you hear this, it'll you're just getting the raw reaction. But I believe it is Thunder, or I'm sorry, Raptors. Cavs, Pistons, Rockets are the top four remaining. So then the Cavs stole somebody's top four. So they weren't one of the four worst teams? Cavs were five. Okay, so. Okay, that's 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 where things went awry. Rockets, Pistons, Magic, Thunder, Cavs, Timberwolves, Raptors, Bulls, Kings, Pelicans, Hornets, Spurs, Pacers, Warriors. Okay, then yeah, the Raptors definitely stole somebody's spot. Um, give me the top four again: Rockets, Pistons, Magic, Thunder. Okay, then the Magic and the Thunder are out. Unless that, unless that first Thunder pick was a Rockets. Oh, that's true. This makes it even more suspenseful. Right. But so the Bulls, Bulls are out. Yeah, the Bulls are out. They lost their pick too. So the Magic are going to have a top. They're going to have two top five picks. Can't wait to see how they screw that up. They're going to trade you. They're going to trade them to you for Ben Simmons. That's fine. And you're going to trade them to Portland for CJ McCollum. Okay, so the, they have the Rockets up there. So I think the Rockets still own their pick. So that must have been the Thunder pick. So the Rockets okay. remain top four. They're still there. They're still alive. So then the what Cavs the, and the Raptors stole someone. Could you imagine Cade Cunningham on on the Raptors? That'd be that'd be annoying. That'd be wild. Oh, they're fourth. They're fourth. Raptors are fourth. Okay. The Raptors are fourth. So it was the Raptors moved up. If the Cavs spots. get the first overall pick again. Gotta be up oh, there third. Okay, I'm gonna stop talking. <laughs> so it's been, this is between Pistons and Rockets for top two. Yes, and it is. <gasps> wow, Pistons won. The Pistons won. Wow, wow. Cade Cunningham, Jeremy Grant, and Sadiq Bay, the future of Detroit. Ben Wallace looks great. Has nothing to do with this podcast, but he's their like guest. Looks fantastic. Ben's a good looking guy. Jalen Suggs off to Houston. Wow. Okay. Well, that played out pretty well for I feel like if you're Houston, you can't be that upset. No. And if you're at least you're Detroit. What? At least if you're Houston, at least you got your pick. You kept your pick and you get in your top three. 
I think that's as best as you can hope for. And if you're Cleveland, I think that works out for you too. You have a top three pick. You're not sold on your backcourt. Maybe you trade one of those guys and start fresh. I don't know. And get Evan Mobley from USC. You've got, you've got a, and you have Jared Allen there too. So mm-hmm. I think you've got some options on the table for them. And I guess if you're the Raptors, it was a, uh, we, I said on the, I think the first episode we did all season that this is, that year is going to be a punt to get a top five pick out of this could not be better. Well, they were supposed to be like eight. So that's pretty good. So they, they, they cut their, their seating there in half, made it to four, got a top five pick. And it's not really, it's honestly just not that bad of a team. They weren't playing in Tampa Bay for the entire season. They would just, it wouldn't be that big of an issue. Right. I can't believe I, what, do we often get, two teams to lose their picks like that the bulls and the timberwolves both lost their pick no but also i don't i think it's rare to have teams that were doing trade protections like that as well kind of screwed themselves doing that yeah well i mean and i guess you know they weren't projected to even get their pick you know like the timberwolves yeah. were six like projected to get the sixth spot and if it wasn't top five they weren't keeping it it was or top four they weren't keeping it so it's not like unheard of. They didn't get screwed. It just you made a bad trade. I was gonna say they screwed themselves. Right. Like mean. the fans yeah. fans are gonna be upset, but like you really don't have a great reason to be uh if you're a Bulls fan or like be mad at your front office. Don't be mad at the lottery. Which and yeah. I'm saying that as someone who doesn't really like the lottery. Uh so I think big winners here before we move on to teams that are actually good. Obviously, the Pistons, you got the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rockets get to keep their pick. I don't can still consider them winners because what a stupid trade. What a truly stupid trade. Um, <laughs> I think the Cavs at three as well. Yeah. Good for them. And we somehow gave the Warriors two lottery picks, and they're going to have Steph, Clay, and Draymond back together. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a little bit of scary hours. They might be back. I said, hey, Brad Stevens, if you're listening, um, if you want to get back into the first round after trading Kemba for Al Horford, um, maybe you call Steve Kerr. Maybe look, give him a ring. I don't know. Maybe call your buddy, uh, what's it, Clifford, Steve Clifford, down in uh, Orlando. Give him a ring. Let's he let someone fired. know. Oh, well, don't, don't call him then. He won't have anything. Don't, don't call him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, maybe we get, you know, we don't have to get back into the lottery per se, but maybe we just make a few calls. You know, who knows? Hey, we'll trade with you again. Worked out last time when you gave us Matisse Thibel. Thanks. All right, well, <laughs> d- didn't work out that well. You made it one round farther. Well, when he cre- when he committed that stupid, stupid, oh, foul. I feel that bad. Was, that was so bad, though. Yeah, there were two like back breaking plays. I I love him. He, great kid. The we were up four in the fourth quarter. He bricked a wide open three. I think if he hits that three and we're up seven, like that's that's it. There's there's that arena is is going to be shaking there's no coming back from it and then the obviously the foul with under a minute left foul where tough. he fouls a three-point shooter he, he had two uh two huge plays that did not help so that that was rough it was like the um, one guy on the hawks that was just bigger than him and <laughs> yeah i know gal is <laughs> the only guy who's taller than fucking matisse thibault on that team. well i think i think he got hurter but either way like oh, he got like oh it was hurt you're yeah. right you're right yeah but it was just like of all the I guys, by, six eight might be the second tallest guy on that Hawks team. So I, yep. I stand by yep. my point. That that shoots aside from Capella. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, you want to get into teams that are still good and want to talk about Suns and Clippers real quick as this game starts on our TVs. Uh, before we do that, just let's wrap up. We talked about Bucks Nets. I don't want to talk too much about Bucks Hawks. I just want your prediction of. I'm guessing you're going to say the Bucks are going to win, but what? How many games? 
Uh, Bucks in five. in five. I'd be shocked if it goes longer than five. And again, I don't even know if the Bucks are good. I just watched a series where the Hawks were losing by double digits in five out of seven games and still won the series. I think it was much more about the Sixers collapsing on themselves, making mistakes, and the Hawks capitalizing. I don't know if they'll have the same fortune against Milwaukee. So the thing with Milwaukee, as long as they play Trey Young, I think they'll be okay. And you got Drew, Chris, mm-hmm. and I mean, between those two, you should be fine. You have P.J. Tucker if it gets crazy. And you also have the seven-footer who just won Depot last year. Who Yes. So, and- I mean, worst-case scenario, you put him on him. And who do you hide Gallinari on on offense? Or on D de- I'm sorry, who do you hide Gallinari on, on defense? You're using him for his offense, but mm-hmm. he is obviously very slow on defense. They got away with it because Ben Simmons just is refusing to play offense. Who are you gonna do that with on the Bucks? Who's he gonna guard? It's not Middleton. It's Lopez. definitely not Giannis. It's Lopez. I guess Has Lopez, but then you put even Kella then, on Giannis. <sighs> yeah, I guess what, you have what, to. what else would you do? I mean Capella is the know. best defender on that team. Put and, him on Giannis. And could he guard PJ Tucker in the corner? Like, I don't know. I, I, it, all yeah. of these options are harder than guarding Ben Simmons right now. Well, I could guard Ben Simmons right now. That's yeah, exactly. That's the only reason why Gallinari survived on the court in this series is because uh, literally anyone could have guarded him. Well, it's also, you can't do the Trey Lou backcourt against the Bucks. Probably you. I mean, you could try. You could but. try it, but unlike the Sixers, the Bucks have two guards who can and want to score. Drew and mm-hmm. Chris can both average or uh, both put up twenty twenty five if they want to. Yeah, who do you who do you hide Trey on? Because he's not going to guard Drew Holiday. Yeah, he they, has to. They were trying to hard. Well, I yeah, but uh, who who's going to play shooting guard with uh, Divincenzo out? Who have they been starting? It's, I'm losing track. I'm losing well, my mind. They well they started Tucker. That's what it is. So they just went bigger. So yeah. yeah. Oh, which that'll work. Yeah, this five at most. You can't <laughs> put Trey on PJ because he'll just post him up. No, yeah, he'll, he'll he's go gonna zone. Be, you can't go zone for forty eight minutes though. Who oh, you have no one to defend? That's a team built of. That's one of, like they have no one to play defense. They exactly why they're gonna lose in five. You can't go. <laughs> this is like a, not a bad shooting team. Like. If they had DiVincenzo too, like having Connington, DiVincenzo, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, like can't go zone against that. It's, I mean, you have to try it. You know, Bud's not going to make an adjustment. That guy went from losing his job to probably making the NBA Finals. Oh, I tweeted when when Lopez got the twenty four second violation. I was like, Brooke Lopez just cost Bud his job. I I am I am shocked that that guy. Uh, he might even be in a position where they could make the NBA Finals and still get fired. That's probably I don't the think right I've ever seen that before. No, that's what? the right decision. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if you had a chance at Rick Carlisle coaching Giannis, but I don't know if he'll still be around by the time the Buck season's over, but and we we should we should probably hold off on the coaching tree a little bit till next week. But I agree. I I don't know if Rick Carlisle is even a good coach. I think he is. I kind of want him on the Celtics. He hasn't won a playoff series since Dirk won the title. That's and, true. And that roster, he was gifted a 50 50 win team. Yeah. That team won 50 frauds. wins. 
they won 50 games before he even got the job. And then two years That's later, true. they win the title. That's true. Yeah, I'm I mean, not saying he didn't true. do any of it. Like, I'm sure you know you had a little adjustment, but you have one of the best power forwards of all time on your team. You just had a 50 point or a 50 win season a couple seasons ago, and then after you win the title, you never get out of the first round, and that's if you make the playoffs at all. He might be a bad coach. He might be, but I'm pretty sure Mike Budenholzer is too. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm not saying he's worse than Bud, but and I mean, His... he might be. I don't know. I I want. I, I, We'll wait next week. Wait next week. Yeah, I'm not gonna. So, yeah, we don't have to do it. We don't have to do it. All right, let's do. Uh, let's do Suns Clippers real quick as this game yep. starts. Um. So Devin Booker, he's just he's just that fucking dude. We, you know, I feel like at least once or twice a show, something in the NBA happens, and it's just like me and Aiden get to take a victory lap. And all season long, it was hey guys, Devin Booker's a fucking stud, and now. With no Chris Paul, he puts up a 40-point triple-double in his first Western Conference game ever. Kid's a stud. I, I This is our greatest victory lap because mm-hmm. we have been banging this drum from the beginning of the season before we even knew the Suns were good. Yep. I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm gassed from running this victory lap. This isn't a victory lap. This is a victory marathon with Be- Devin Booker. And, to the point... Know, they're on TV comparing him to Kobe Bryant. That's where we're at. That's how low we bought Microsoft in the garage. That's yeah. where we're at. We were we were investors in Microsoft before they went public, and we are just Steve Ballmer right now. We're chilling. Mm-hmm. We're gonna own the Suns. We could buy the Suns at this point. Oh my god! With all we, the we real should. estate that we've invested in Devin Booker. Um. So a couple things, real quick. Uh, I said it when it happened. Monty Williams robbed for Coach of the Year. Tibbs, yes. send that over to Phoenix. That's not your trophy. Um, Paul George played really well without Kawhi, and he Hold on. didn't. Even- um, I, oh, I, 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 we're gonna get to that point. That's okay. exactly what I wanted to say. I just wanted to phrase it differently. Are you sad that you can't make fun of Paul George playoff P anymore? Oh, Aiden, if <laughs> if the Suns win this game tonight, the the Paul George slander, no matter how many points or how well he plays, will continue. If he, goes to, if he goes 0-2 against the Phoenix Suns, because I'm going to play both sides of it because I fucking can. I'm going to be a Devin Booker <laughs> stand and also say the Suns because they've been inept for 30 fucking years. I'm going to say they're still bad. If you go 0-2 in the Western Conference Finals, I'm just going to call you a bitch. I don't know what else to say. Like You're just not good. Pandemic P's back. Playoff P's still dead. I don't know. Devin Booker I, is Devin Booker. Devin Booker is going to make Paul George like go see a therapist. I thought it was Dame. No, it's, it's D book. I think, I think you are the orchestra on the Titanic playing as it sinks because that <laughs> the Paul George slander is a sinking ship. It's just, he is delivering. He is here. He saved that team against Utah. He had a great game one. We'll see how game two goes. You'll know before. Uh, you listen to this, right? If you're listening at home. They're about to start tip off right now, but I don't know. I just don't know. I feel like you're in your final days. I mean, listen, it's it, if they get swept, I'm, I'm getting it. Doesn't matter how many points he scores, I'm getting these jokes off. It does not matter. Like, I, I completely recognize he played very well in game one, he is the reason, uh, along with Terrence Mann, shout out Lowell, Massachusetts. 
he's the reason that Rudolph is sitting at home right now. And if anyone missed it, me and Aiden, we're, we're now calling the um, Rudy Gobert, calling him Rudolph from now on because that is his name. Yes. Um, <laughs> he's, he's playing really well. He's playing really well without Kawhi. And the greatest thing ever is about to happen because this is the internet and facts don't matter. And I'm going to make <laughs> fun of you. This it is, is what it is. Facts don't matter. If you tell me one time facts matter on, online, I'll call you a liar. Well, you can present facts and people will just say, no, I don't agree. You can hit them with right. science facts. It doesn't matter. That's how Twitter works. No, I, I've seen Paul George be eliminated too many times and, and choke in too many big games for me to think anything other than he's a choke artist. Uh, speaking of choke artists, we don't have to spend too much time on this, but it'll be my last time this year getting to talk about it. You brought him up, Rudolph Gobert. Mm-hmm. Um, could I do another victory lap? Of course. It's almost like in this day and age, you have to be able to defend the perimeter and defend the three-point shot. And if you have a guy on the court who gets exposed and gets put into positions where he cannot guard the three-point shot, then he is not actually a good defender. He is a one-trick pony, rim protector, fraud. Vorp doesn't matter. Raptor doesn't matter. LeBron doesn't matter. Eyeballs matter. And our eyeballs watch the Clippers score 81 points in an elimination game in one fucking half. And it was because the defensive player of the year was getting exposed and the Jazz had nowhere to put him on the court. Can you imagine getting exposed by Reggie Jackson and Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann's got one of the better nicknames I've heard. So I'm not going to say anything. Plus, he's from Lowell, so that's that's the homie forever. But I'm, I mean, he's not bad. But it's also like that was the matchup <laughs> that they were exploiting in an elimination game on a floor that featured Donovan Mitchell, uh, Paul George, Gobert, all these stars. They couldn't hide Gobert anymore. They had to hide the defensive player of the year in an elimination game in the playoffs and couldn't find a place to do it. And you're telling me that that ma- like his advanced metrics matter. Versatility matters. Oh yeah, it's it's the one thing that I'll say that's good about Doc Rivers is he coached his liability better than uh, Quinn Snyder did. Quinn Snyder's liability was Rudy Gobert defending the perimeter. He didn't do anything to fix that. And Doc Rivers' liability was Ben Simmons on offense, and he took him off the court for most of the fourth quarter. That's yeah. what you have to do. I, it was uh, – you're, you're up 25. Like, how many threes did you see need to see the Clippers make before you're like, my season is on the line? Like, I th- that was the most remarkable part is they never even tried to adjust. And I know, like, it can't be an easy decision to take the defensive player of the year off the court. But guess what? He's not the defensive player of the year. He's a one-trick pony fraud. I just can't believe that they never even tried to adjust. And I, uh, Tim Legler did a fantastic job. It was like, you can't keep him on the court because his offense doesn't justify his rim protection on defense. Right. I at least – Ben liability on offense and the hack of Ben has worked every single time they tried it. 
Mm-hmm. And the, I'm not sure if you saw the clip resurfaced of uh, I think it was 2018 or 17 where Ben was being interviewed like, oh yeah, no hack of Ben that that's not going to work much longer. And we're four years later, and it is why the Atlanta Hawks are in the Western or the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> but and, but yeah, that year that would be better. The the year that yeah he that I I just can't believe that they ever made an adjustment. That was that was even that was an even more shocking loss than the Sixers blowing a 26 point lead. Like well, I that, think Quinn Snyder's like a good coach too, so that's what's even more surprising. Like, yeah, and the, I mean, eighty-one points and a half, eighty-one, eighty-one points—that is remarkable. Not my depot. Not my depot. I'm so glad. I'm so glad I get to do that victory lap. And I know a Ben Simmons slander, well deserved, but he did his job on defense. No, like, yeah, your 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 team only let up seventy-nine points and a half, not eighty-one. Exactly. You never not eighty-one. Up, you never let up a full Kobe. Never a full no. Kobe. Um, so real quick, I mean, do you have anything else about Clippers Suns? Um, no, not really. I think, I think Suns and six Suns and six is what I'm going to say. I know everyone. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I know everyone wants to see Suns and four, but, um, no, the Clippers, I don't know about Kawhi. I think if they had Kawhi, this is a legitimate series that could go seven games without him. I, I mean, take the best player off any team and it sucks. Um, so we had last week, we had the all NBA teams were announced. We missed it because of the Sixers ruined your life, but let's quickly talk about this. Cause I, I mean, we both can agree. They got it wrong. Yes. So real quick, the all NBA first team, Giannis, Steph, Luca, Jokic, and Kawhi second team. Joel, LeBron, Dame, Chris Paul, Julius Randle. And third team, Bradley Beal, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, excuse me, Rudolph Gobert, and Kyrie Irving. Thank you for um, that correction. I, well, of course. I mean, I'm just going to stand here looking like an idiot, not calling the guy by his name. I mean, it's just like, st- we say it every time awards happen. Stop letting the media decide things. They're so fucking dumb, and they're so wrong all the time. I can't remember last time the media was right about something when it came to like awards and shit like that. Can we just like let the teams or let the exactly like, let someone not working for ESPN or Fox or the athletic or the guardian or whoever the fuck the ringer. Let's make sure these guys aren't ruining like paychecks for guys. Like Jason Tatum lost out on $32 million dollars. Because the media is full of fucking morons. Or just shrink down the list of people who are allowed to vote and make it a very tough vetting process. Like, you know, like the college football playoff committee isn't. Did you see the list, the amount of people that are allowed to vote for all NBA and for the NBA awards? Like so many people. The college football playoff committee is like eight to ten people, I'm pretty sure. Like make it like there was like 50 people on that list more than 50 like way too many people deciding awards like there just aren't that many credible voices that i'm hearing i I was going through the list and i'm like who gave this person a vote and what's 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 even worse and this is partly with uh Embiid too like Embiid is obviously a first team player but because he's a center Jokic gets the nod and b gets second team but like with tatum tatum had more guard votes than Kyrie did for third team but because 
he had more overall votes for as a forward. Now he's listed as a forward and doesn't get to be on the third team. Which how does that make sense? What? Yeah, what? That's one of the dumbest things you ever heard. I did that rant before. Basing it off position in today's day and age, ridiculous. Embiid can't be in. I think the same thing happened to Embiid. Like he got more, he got enough votes that he would have made it for forward. But because he got more votes as a center, he wasn't qualified for first team All NBA. That's just what? So dumb. Let's choose the five best players. They're the best five on first team. The guys who came close, six through ten in terms of amount of votes, are six through ten. They're on second team All NBA. Who cares what position they are? Ridiculous way to do things. I forget. I think someone, I think I was listening to um, True Withers. I want to say it was about Jimmy Butler, but it was um, like Butler played most of his time at forward. Mm -hmm. It was like 60 or 70%. Like he barely played any guard this season. Okay. Well, like then is he a guard or is he like how I just. The, not only are the vote like who votes dumb, the rules are so dumb. It makes no sense, and it's like the, the him being a being able to play both positions is the whole freaking point as to why he's good. So why now are you limiting just like basing him off of position for awards at the end of the year? It's just a stupid, stupid, stupid way to do things. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, the gonna- amount of victory laps we've been able to do is just ridiculous. Yeah, I, so I I wrote a blog the day of, and I just want to I want to give you my names and see where you think if I messed up or what happened. Um, first team is what I gave in our TikToks a few weeks back, so I saw the same as Jokic and Bead, Steph, Giannis, and Chris Paul. Um, okay. I'm happy with that. But then second time, second team, Luca, Dame, Kawhi, Harden, Butler. Okay. And third team, I went Tatum, Trey, Booker. Uh, ben Simmons and Julius Randle. Okay. I feel like the biggest thing you could be upset about is Donovan Mitchell, which whatever, Rudolph Gobert, <laughs> which I'm not going to put him on, and then no. LeBron, which I don't think LeBron may be better than Randle. I don't know if LeBron had a better season than at 14 of those guys. People would freak out, but he missed a lot of time. Like, it's not, you know, he, he missed, missed a lot games. of games. He missed 20 yeah. games and had a, like a down year. That's not my fault. Yeah, and missed it like down the stretch too. Like he missed the games at the most important time of the season. Right. Not that wasn't the playoffs. Right. I mean, in, you you might want Paul George in there. I wasn't going to put Paul George in there because I think it's funny we knew to leave you him off. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's funny. <laughs> um, but Julius Randle being second team and Jason Tatum not being on any of them, Trey Young, Devin Booker, and none of these guys being on any of them. What? Yeah, and I know like a little bit's like revisionist history where. Now Booker and Trey are having great postseasons, and like, I know the Hawks weren't good at, at the beginning of the season, but like Booker, I mean, they're the two seed in the West, right? <laughs> I mean, the, the Trey, they're the five seed in the West. The Randall was the four seed. Like, I don't know. I think they're stupid people, sense. and we should be allowed to vote. I agree with that completely, um, and I I wasn't biased at all. But every time we talk about Randall or Paul George, I'm going to bring it up. Jalen Brown had a better season than both those guys. Just so we're clear. Underrated. Some Very. would say. Joe some Papaleo. might say that. Some <laughs> might say that. Most oh, slept on. I, I almost, I, I didn't do it. I would have felt mean doing it. But when we had Joe on the show, he said he wasn't scared about the Hawks at all. 
I almost or, pulled that clip. Oh, I almost pulled it. I don't it. remember him saying that, but that makes me angry. I almost pulled it. That and I, him I might just still like, I might still do it, but yeah. That in the uh oh, we we're going to have to cancel the stream in the fourth quarter cuz the Sixers will be up by so much. Oh god. Pe- off. The people, the people who texted me at halftime and were doing victory laps, you are so dead to me. You are oh. so dead to me. There's no I will never trust you again. You could I, hide a body for me. I'd never trust you again. I lost my biggest bet on the Sixers on game in game seven. So I'm right there with you, man. Oh, I've, I've, it was, th- I mean, it wasn't crazy. It was 300 bucks, but I, I, I never bet 300 bucks just like on one team before. Yeah. Sixers, they fucking stink, huh? It couldn't, <laughs> couldn't do anything for me. Um, is there any, any thoughts on the all NBA teams before we hop into the TikToks? Uh, no, just stop caring about positions. It's a yep. positionless game these days, you know. And let us vote, guys. Guys play multiple positions, and yes, we would like a vote. Yeah. Um. So for TikToks tonight, we thought about this right before the show, so it's not not super ironed out, but I think it'll be fun. We are going to do in honor of the Sixers and their terrible, terrible offensive liability known as Ben Simmons, that Aussie loser. <laughs> we are going to give the top three teams of where we think Ben will play next year. Um, the, you're the Sixers fan, so I'll give you the option. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Um, You go first, and then I'll say my piece on them, and then I'll give mine. It'll be very quick. Because okay. I wrote a blog today, and people can just read it and give our site a click. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> the brand sports.com. Make sure you check that out. Uh, I'm actually, I'm getting these odds off of a blog that Joe wrote. Uh, it was odd sharks. They gave all their odds for, uh, where they think Ben is going to play next year. Um, and you know, they're, they're a little out there, but it's, it's fine. So my three, uh, I think three is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Okay. I, I, th- I just, I, I don't think you're going to get what he's worth because of this off season, uh, this this uh this postseason. I really think his value has went severely down and the Timberwolves are a team that they're bad but they also have players that make enough money to be able to make this trade happen because that's another thing that has to happen. You have to make it work still. Um my two the Chicago Bulls I I think it would be I don't know. I just think Ben's bad. I don't know. I think he's not good. So like, it doesn't matter where he fucking goes. Um, but I'm sure the Chicago would like that for a, like a week or two until he couldn't score. And then you'll miss Zach Levine. Uh, and then my one, Philadelphia. I think between his massive contract, his inability to even pretend like he cares about playing offense and from what I mean, it, I was, I'm getting it from Stephen A. So who knows how accurate it is? It sounds like the team's just kind of sick of him too. So he's just like a shitty person to be around, which I've been saying for a while. He has not seen like a fun time at all. One of the lesser, or one of the least cool Australians of all time, Benjamin <laughs> Simmons. So yeah, I'm pretty positive he's still going to play for the Philadelphia 76ers, whether you like it or not. Well. I'll be honest. We have, we have one, we have some similarities. We'll see. Okay. We'll see where. All right. EBD. Excited. All right. 
So I'll, I'll say my piece on him before I give my teams. I wrote a blog on it today. Ben Simmons is a mentally broken basketball player who is a offensive liability shooting with the wrong hand. Um, and his inability to even try to play offense has become exhaustive. He never has to be a three-point shooter. I'm totally fine if he never takes a three-pointer his entire life. But being a, a size and speed mismatch at 6'10 and being able to uh, have the quickness and handle that he does and not attack the rim because mentally you just won't do it and then physically you're shooting with the wrong hand once you get fouled at the rim and you can't make your free throws just hinders this whole offense it becomes a a just really just a slow down grinded out affair late in games and it's because of you because they don't respect you as an offensive player and you make life hard for the other star in the team um, but at the same time, he's the best defender in the NBA. He's the most versatile defender in the NBA. He's a one-man fast break. Because of his size, he rebounds well, so there's no outlet pass. It's just him going. I'd assume if you ask Seth Curry or J.J. Redick, they love playing with him, so there is value there. Um, so now you have to figure out what to do because who could you trade for him that makes this team a championship contender? Because if you lose him, you're losing the best defender in the NBA. And like you mentioned, his value has never been lower. I, I, am, I will never be over him passing up that dunk attempt for so <laughs> many reasons. One, it would have tied the game. It would have brought the roof off the place. Two, he threw it to the, the rotational defensive specialist in the short corner. And three, the only person in the vicinity was Trey Young, who would have hacked him and would have been his fifth foul with three and a half minutes left. I like there's just no recovering from that. And I, uh, that's why I'm like scared to to say that he'll be back, because I, after that, I just don't know even his most fiercest supporters. I don't know how you recover from that moment. The only way I think he would be back is because his trade value has tanked. And you can't find something that fits that matches. Aiden, he said he was scared of Danilo Gallinari from blocking it from behind. But he Danilo blew by him. He did Gallinari. all the work. You did, did the hard work. The easy part is dunking on the six, maybe six footer. Ca- caught it in the post. Perfect spin move. Kept his dribble. Collected. All they had to do was go up. It, it was the most ridiculous, just soul sucking play. Like I could feel the air go out of myself like a balloon, but it's just like his unwillingness to even try is what's killing this team. Um, Like Giannis is not a good three point shooter, but he will go downhill almost too much. And Ben seems to be regressing and doing the opposite. He's going downhill less and less. I don't know what they do, but it is the one thing they need to figure out this year. So his teammates reactions when he passed that ball was hilarious. Joel Embiid and Seth Curry at the three point line, just like, what the fuck are you doing? Was so funny that your teammates in game were just like, fam, what is happening? Cause you had to said it was, it was a wide open duck. Trey Young is not there. Basically you could feel it kill the team. Like you could just feel it. And at my house watching with my parents, it was an automatic hands to head. What are you doing? Move. It was, it was the most automatic, like shocking. I can't believe this has happened move. And you could just feel it, like it just really killed the entire energy in the crowd. The pop and, that the crowd would have gave you if he dunked on Trey young and Trey young fouled him. Yeah. 
to tie the game at the very least. It would have been, and it would have been Trey's fifth foul. It's just, I, I don't think, I, like I said, I don't know if there's any coming back from that moment. No, and Joel said he thinks that was the turning point in the game. And it was. I, I absolutely agree with that. There were a few, like it was, it was a very poorly yeah. played last three and a half minutes, but I think everything transcends from that moment. That yeah. and Matisse Dybel missing that three where they would have been up seven. But I, I don't expect Matisse to make the three, though. I mean, he's not a good three-point shooter, but he had hit one earlier in the game. He was wide open. He had unlimited time to set his no, feet he, he fire. Should, he should make it. I don't expect him to. That's but fair. Like, the dumb. Yeah. But I mean, in, a, second in a game year, seven, game you seven. You have to. I mean, you have to, but that, that's that's why game sevens are so great. <laughs> so who, get, who are your three? All right. So my three at three, I have the San Antonio Spurs. I think in a Greg Popovich offense, uh, he would flourish as a facilitator. There's a lot of Australian ties there with Patty Mills. And that's where Brett Brown came from and a, a bunch of other ones as well. So you can see him in an offense like that, where it's just basketball in its purest form. And he could still run the point position, what she would like to do. Um, at two, I have the Blazers because I know Daryl Morey wants an absolute alpha star. In this scenario, though, you're not getting Dame Lillard for Ben Simmons, obviously. The trade makes no sense for either side. I don't think they can pull it off. You'd have to attach probably Tyrese Maxey, if not Maxey and Thibel, to go with Simmons to get Damian Lillard in return at this point. Um, so that one is more, there's more moving pieces if he ended up on the Blazers. And then at one, I have the Philadelphia 76ers. I think if we've learned anything, it's that Ben Simmons is a third option on a championship team. He will never be the 1B, the 2, the second option because of his absolute refusal to play offense. But he still holds incredible value as a defender. He can guard multiple positions. He can guard the other team's best player. He does have value like we talked about on the fast break. I think it makes more sense to trade Tobias Harris. Because what we've seen is Tobias Harris will never be the second best option on a championship team as a scorer. Ben Simmons can be the best defender on a championship team and carve out a role similar to what Draymond has done in Golden State. But Tobias will never be that guy. And this trio cannot run it back. And you're not getting rid of Embiid. So you got to choose between Simmons and Harris. And Harris is the more feasible option. So I think at one, it's Ben is coming back to the Sixers. I mean, I we agree. I do think he's. We both think he's coming back. Um, the only so for the Spurs, my only thing about that is I don't know. Ben's a me guy. I think that's clear. I think Ben's a me guy, and I think the Spurs are one of the few teams where they will not even consider a me guy. They won't put up with it. They won't deal with it. Well, well, did you see the report that Bruce Bowen was like Greg Popovich would take this guy on his team over anyone on the team right now? I don't know. I mean, I, I did not see that. I don't know if I believe it, though. I, I think, oh, great dunk by DeAndre Ayton right there. He just jumped over Zubach. Um, so here's the thing. Ben Simmons is a me guy, but he doesn't play like a me guy. Like to the point he's passing up open dunks to throw. Like he wants to be a facilitator so bad. Like he had 14 assists in game seven. He mm-hmm. loves this facilitator role. I think he would thrive on a team that isn't based around a center 
And I really think in an efficient offense with a great coach that's well run like that, he could play that role and be good. So, and I think want- there's guys in return that would make sense. Like if you got Demar Derozan as a return option, like that would make sense. You'd probably, if I'm the Sixers, I'm not going Demar Derozan for Ben Simmons straight up. Like that doesn't make sense. Like attach somebody else to me, like Lonnie Walker or somebody. Oh, but- you're not. No, no, you're not getting more people. I don't. I I know I don't, like I don't Ben Simmons so. is the butt of everybody's joke, but he still think, should have been like the defense player of the year. I think like, the butt of the joke is he's going to be in Shanghai. I think <laughs> the reality is here's the thing: he might be worth Demar Derozan and Lonnie Walker, but no one else is going to beat the offer of Demar Derozan. You know, I like know. hypothetically, like no one is doing you know, Dame and, or they're doing Dame, but you're giving Ben plus two guys and a pick or two. You know what I mean? Like no one is giving you their best player plus a young guy. Maybe a bad guy to make the money work, but not your Lonnie Walker is the future of the Spurs. They're not giving you that for nothing. Is he, or is DeJounte Murray the future of the Spurs? I think it's a combo. I think, I don't know if well, Ben Simmons and DeJounte Murray is the best combo. Because then give us DeJounte Murray with DeMar DeRozan. I don't think I'm overvaluing Ben Simmons. Like he, like you're getting a, a good point guard who's the best player on the floor or, or best defensive player on the floor at all times. So I, No, you're not overvaluing him, but you're overvaluing what – like Ben Simmons is worth DeMar DeRozan and Lonnie Walker. You're not going to get DeMar DeRozan and Lonnie Walker though. If you're the Spurs and you're like the middling nine seed, do you at least try? Because it's like, that's why I think like Dame Lillard will be on the trade or CJ McCollum. Like how many times you need to be the middling six seed before you're done? I think that's where, I, like, I where you got to be at. Like the Spurs have been the eight, nine, 10 seed for about uh, when, literally since like that seven game series or that, uh, that series where Kawhi sprained his ankle. Mm-hmm. And then the next year he's like, yeah, I don't want to play here anymore. Right. It's been like three or four years. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just, I mean, the, I, I think I, the idea of Dame is absolutely insane. Like you can trade him to Portland. You'll trade him for like, you'll trade him and other pieces for McCollum. You will not get Dame. You might be able to like sign Dame. And once he, like, if he doesn't want to return to Portland, the Trailblazers will not trade Damian Lillard. I they like won't we, do it. And they I, and if they do do it, it'll be next year, not this year. They're gonna get a new coach. They're not gonna trade Dame this offseason. I think we're getting dangerously close. And maybe you're right, maybe it's next offseason, but I think we're getting very, very close to him being like, You are trading me because I'm 31 and I have nothing to show for it. I have no rings. I don't even have a finals appearance. I have one conference championship appearance. I got I lost in the first round when the other team didn't have their best guard. I keep running it back with the same team and the same thing keeps happening. It's been 8 or 9 years. Nothing is changing. Like yeah. I feel like he has reached that point where he's like just trade me because it's right. not going to work here. But if you I don't think a change of coach is going to fix that roster and make them be good at defense. No, there it's not. But if you're the Trailblazers, you still have to be like, well, we're still trying to win games. Ben Simmons is going to lose us games compared to Dame Lillard. Like your worst I, team with Dame Lillard, or without Dame Lillard, but with Ben could, Simmons. It could end up being another Harden situation. What not not like it's not like completely like Harden cuz Harden tanked his value so badly by just 
refusing to even try. And Dame Lillard's just not that guy. Like he's going to bust his ass no matter what. Right. But it's going to be a situation where everyone knows he wants to leave and that tanks his value and that opens up trade possibilities. What, what the Rockets got in return for James Harden does not equate to James Harden. It's just that his value was tanked by everyone in the league knowing that he was not going to be a Houston Rocket anymore. And if Dame Lillard doesn't want to be a trailblazer anymore, no one's going to give fair trade value for him. No, but they're going to want more than Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey. And it's not like your picks are going to be worth anything. A D- Dame and, and Bead team, that that's what, the at worst, the 28th pick in the draft? Yeah. What's that, what's that worth to anybody? Well, I think if you're if you're Portland, uh, if you have to consider that deal. Max, if, if you're if you're considering trading Dame, my first call is to Washington. Where does that get you though? Guess you Bradley Beal. So, where are you at then? I guess Bradley- <laughs> that's better than Ben Simmons. No, no, no. You're not looking at it the right way though. Bradley Beal for Dame Lillard is not going to get you any closer to a championship. No, it's but just going to spiral you further into mediocrity. It probably takes you from the sixth seed in the West, like you were this year, to in the play-in tournament. So either commit to being good, or be bad, or get younger and try again. Maxie and Simmons, Maxie's nineteen and Simmons is twenty-four. It at least gives you the opportunity to build around young guys and build it back up. The amount of offense you lose by getting rid of Dame and adding Ben Simmons is astronomical. I know he's one of the best. Like, I mean, he's one of the best offensive players in the league, and you're giving him one of the worst, like offensive it, starters. I, but at the same time, he he's one of the worst offensive starters late in games. But he does have value as like a fast break guy and just leading transition and setting up three pointers. So you build around that. I don't know. I just think like, and it, I guess it would be how you project Tyrese Maxey. Do I think any of this stuff is going to happen? No, but right. I don't he's know. Gonna the, he's going to be on the Sixers. He's going to be on the Sixers. He makes too much money to be traded for like a, for a, the Sixers will lose this trade. Damian Lillard, no matter what else you have to give up is a win. You will lose this trade. He is, his value is as low as it's ever been, and he's gonna make, he's making thirty three next year, thirty five the year after, thirty seven the year after that, and then forty in his final year. He makes way too much money. I don't want Ben Simmons until twenty twenty five making forty million dollars. You're handicapping your team on a guy who can't shoot a free throw and refuses to dunk on a six foot guy. But at the same time, I think there'd be a market for him with teams that are willing to try it. Because if they if you can build it, like I think the problem is building it around a center with him doesn't work. But if you're building it and he has a guard next to him, like say Russell Westbrook didn't exist and say Ben was a free agent and he was like, you know what? I'm going to Washington. Don't you think a backcourt of Bradley Beal and Ben Simmons would be pretty lethal because you don't have to rely on Ben as much because you can rely on Bradley Beal to just get his shot at will? And we almost have like, pretty uh, like a equatable value because Russell Westbrook is such a bad shooter that you've kind of seen what it would look like when he's next to a non-offensive threat late in games meaning Beal but Russ is a bad shooter in the sense he shoots 65% from the free throw line Ben's a bad shooter in the sense that he shoots worse than Shaq at the free throw line yeah but like Westbrook is also like a 30% three-point shooter so it's like he's 
also hurting you a lot there too. But it's it's the closest you're going to get to seeing like a guard like that. So I, I don't know. And it, like another thing, like it might not be equatable value, but if you're Chicago and you're like, all right, we tried to shake it up. That didn't work. We're either going to have to blow this whole thing up. Like, like how long does Zach Levine say, love it in Chicago because they just lost their pick tonight. Like if he says, if he comes out tomorrow and he's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not playing. I'm not going, entering my prime with Nick Vucevic as my second best option get rid of me then you have a chance to get him it's just like it all depends on who's available i think best case scenario for moving ben this offseason i really don't know what team it would be to maybe someone like sacramento is you trade him to someone you maybe let's say just let's ignore the money real quick and just say ben for like buddy healed and you have to add like matisse and a pick or two but you at least you have enough money to then go and get like a spencer dinwiddie Oh, I'd love that. I'd love Dinwiddie on this. But how you know can I mean? we figure like, the the Kings are such a poorly run organization? How can I turn Tobias Harris into De'Aaron Fox? I think that's my life mission now. I think you could turn Tobias into Buddy. No, no. If no. anyone could do it, Daryl could do it. If I, if anyone could do, if anyone could fuck it up, it'd be the Kings. <laughs> that's my mission now. I've decided that's my mission. All right, there it is. That's where we'll, we'll leave it tonight. Yeah, I have to figure out how to turn Tobias Harris into De'Aaron Fox, and I think I could do it by next week. I will have a plan in order. That Get is the my trade guarantee. Pumping boys. Yes. If there was a team stupid enough to make this move, it's the Kings. One of the Kings ever made a move where you're like, that made sense. Never. Was literally drafting De'Aaron Fox, and that that might have been it. Yes. All right. Well, good show. Went a little long, but we had to cover some stuff we missed from last week, as well as, I mean, talk about Ben Simmons being the worst basketball player I've ever seen in my life. So, we also had a draft lottery, which happens once lottery. a year, and we're in the Western Conference Finals. We're playing on the screen right now. What Lots a time. To talk about. Time to be alive. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Make sure you are liking, sharing, subscribing, all that. Follow on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, everywhere. I mean, you know the drill at this point. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week.